as we're going through these seven letters to these seven churches, so far we've talked about Ephesus and the church that was kind of had lost its first love, right? They were doing things right, but that they had kind of lost the meaning behind everything and why they were doing. We talked about Smyrna and being persecuted and you know, living in this this area where they just were going through tribulation, poverty, and um, had the devil's throne within that area, and but yet they were they were doing the the will of God there. And then we talked about Pergamum. We did that for a couple of weeks, and the tolerant church, the the church that was had sin in its midst, in its membership but didn't feel the need to call it out and was allowing it to continue. And uh, Christ calling it out there. Now we're going to go over the church of Thyatira. Thyatira. A couple of things you'll notice. First, and let's talk about this before we get into it. Compromise. Compromise. I'm not sure there's much compromise left in our world anymore. You know, I mean, watch any news channel. I don't care if you're right or left. There's no compromise. I mean, people take a position and they hold fast to it generally. Right or wrong. Right or wrong. Let me give you another example of compromise I was, as I was thinking about this while working on this lesson. Have you ever driven through Ponca after a storm and the power's out and hit a four-way stop? <laughs> You ever been through 14th and Hartford when all four sides are flashing red? You know what it takes to for that to work? Compromise. I mean, and it's just chaotic. Absolutely chaotic. You know, if if no one was willing to compromise, it's just a standstill. I hate four-way stops. Because everybody just stands there and looks at each other, right? You know? So, oh, just a nightmare. Um, without chaos, you have, or I'm sorry, without compromise, you have chaos, don't you? I mentioned to some before uh, earlier before everybody got here, uh, we're having our first, the leadership is having our first uh, of a long process but their first building committee meeting this week, this Thursday. This is a long, it's going to be a long process, but it's the first of many meetings. And what's it going to take up as a part of that committee to be able to get things done and decisions made? Compromise. Compromise. We're going to have a list of things. These are the things we would like to see. These are the things we want to get done. And you got eight to ten men there who probably all have a different way in their head at what they think ought to be done it's going to take compromise to get to move forward I, I've mentioned in other classes uh, being in law enforcement you have very type A personalities very type A personalities folks that from the first day we train them we tell them you're in charge don't let everybody tell you what to do. You go to a scene, you own it. All right. 
go to a training class. I've been to more than one training class. I, I took a, a training in accident investigation, and we they would put us, they'd break, break us into, up in groups of like four or five. And this, this was in Broken Arrow, and they would drive us to a neighborhood, and they would drop us off in this neighborhood, and they would say, diagram this, na this, this, this intersection uh, to scale. So you'd have to take all these measurements and stuff, but work together. Five cops, and you tell them to work together. It was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. And I learned very early, which isn't my personality necessarily, but I learned very early in that atmosphere just to go along with the flow. <laughs> because if you're doing it too, if you're trying to point fingers, I mean, we're not going to get anything done. We're just going to sit there and argue for three hours. Um, Comp it takes compromise, but there are some things that we shouldn't compromise on, right? I mean, when it comes to truth, when it comes to doctrine, that's not to be compromised. And I, we're going to see, it's probably going to take a couple weeks, but we're going to see, talking about the church, Thyatira, there was a lot of compromise in that church. A lot of bringing in things from the world that had no place in the church. Um, and how did those things become accepted within that church as we, as we go through it? Um, I wrote here, the church at Thyatira is a picture of the compromising church. A church full of believers who were compromising with the world in order to fulfill their personal desires. Their personal desires. It, it, it became too hard outside of church to be distinct, to be separated. So they began compromising in social situations or in job situations. Well, when that started happening, now I'm at church and it's easy to start letting compromise into the church at that point. So what do we know about Thyatira? We've kind of taken some time to each one of these cities. We've talked about a little bit. Well, Thyatira is actually the smallest of these churches mentioned. The seven churches. The smallest church of the seven. But you'll notice it's the longest letter. There's more to say to this church Jesus has more to say to this compromising church than any of the other seven churches. So what's that say about what Jesus thinks about compromise? He's big. I got a lot. He's got a lot to say about it. So something for us to pay attention about. Uh, it's described as kind of a frontier town. A, it's the least important city of the seven. The least important. Um, I thought it was interesting when uh, I was doing some studying and, and uh, reading and listening to some folks on this. When you look at the geography of how Thyatira uh, lays out, you have it just down the road from Pergamum. Pergamum, if you'll remember, set on a hill. So defensively, that's a pretty good position to be in, isn't it? Thyatira was in the mouth of a valley that led to Pergamum. 
So if you're going to go to Pergamum to attack Pergamum, you had to start at Thyatira. And Thyatira was the smallest and least of the seven. So really their only purpose was to slow people down until they got to Pergamum defensively. They were in a very weak position defensively. Uh, there was no advantage. The best they could hope for in an attack was to slow them down enough maybe to get reinforcements from Pergamum to Thyatira. Or actually they'd probably just stay at Pergamum and let Thyatira slow down the advance so that they could deal with the leftovers. So Thyatira was seen just kind of as a uh, a, 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 just a, a kind of a passing kind of location. One of the things, and this, this is an important thought, one of the things that Thyatira is known for was its trade guilds, which we, we'd call them today unions, right? Trade guilds. So whatever trade you were in, which in Thyatira, the biggest trade was uh, the dyeing of wool. And one of the most traded and popular uh, colors that they uh, were known for was purple. Uh, there was two different uh, things they had uh, available to them that allowed them to dye this wool purple that other people didn't have. And so you would kind of take like industries, say dyeing of wool, and we take all the people that work in that industry and they would, they would create this guild or this union to be able to negotiate, work together so that, you know, everybody's <laughs> pricing is, you know, we're making the max profit, we're getting our materials for the, for the cheapest amount. And every industry in Thyatira had a guild or a union, which in and of itself, I mean, that, it makes perfect sense as for an economical reason, right? But one of the things that started happening in these guilds was as they got together and had their meetings, say, once a month, keep in mind that we're still in this area of very, uh, very much having a Roman influence. And we had this polytheistic type of thinking of multiple gods and goddesses, right? Go back to Pergamum when we talked about the, uh, the god over uh, the medicine, the snakes, and, and different ones. They, they had a god for each kind of social thing. And, and in Thyatira, each one of these guilds had a god that they worshipped, that they thought would benefit their guild. So if you had a Christian in the area who was part of this union, and you kind of had to be if you were in that industry, have you ever been in a uh, union where you really weren't crazy about it, but you kind of had to do it, or else you were kind of you know, out in left field, so to speak. Same thing. So you had people in these 
guilds who were Christian and they would go to the meeting, but the meeting would turn into a social event. And at this social event, we're going to eat, drink, and be merry. That's what would happen. They would turn into uh, drunken, immoral, debauchery events. I mean, just immoral acts. They would also have time during that meeting where they would worship that god of their guild. Think about that for a second. You're a Christian. You're going to this event. You feel like you have to go because of your work, and then it turns into that. Do you leave? Or do you stay and compromise? I'm, you know what? I'm here. I'll just stay. You know, I'll participate, but I won't participate in my heart, right? So, you know, it, it'll be okay. I need this job. I need the income. I need to provide for my family. Um, so I'll compromise. I'll compromise. Well, this was became one of the biggest issues in Thyatira. What happened? We talked about it a couple weeks ago when we talked about Pergamum. Uh, we talked about Baal and the influence there. What happened in that story with um, the prophet saying, uh, 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 condemn Israel, he couldn't do it, but what did he tell them? Balak? What did he tell them? The best way to be Israel is to have the Israel men marry Moabite women. And then what happened? Well, the men start to compromise. They start allowing um, the idols that they brought with them into the home. They start allowing uh, maybe uh, different food that wasn't cultural and, and of, of uh, religious significance into the home. They started to compromise, and eventually it led to Israel's downfall. Same thing here. People attending these events started to compromise, and as you start compromising, it's a slippery slope. It becomes difficult then at some point to step away from it. And I, you know, and I can I've given many examples over the years of, of being put in those types of positions. It's and it's hard. It's hard. I, I I'm still to some extent deal with that, even at the credit union where oh we got this social event. You you, you got to be there because oh now you're you got this agent insurance deal. So you need to promote the agent. You need to be there. What what are we gonna do? We're gonna drink. I don't need that. Why do I need to be there? Well, I mean, we're going to visit and stuff too, but there'll but they'll be a bar. Why is there a bar there? I don't get it. Why do we have to have a bar there to visit? And I, I don't think I'm going to go. You know, but, and I'm not saying if you choose to attend that, that you're doing something necessarily inherently sinful, but that is kind of, we got to be careful with compromise. Um, because then when you go to church, are you, to me it was very important as a teacher and as a leader here not to be seen in those positions because I felt like that was the influence I was having on other folks through my testimony. It's the same thing with other members. Don't think you don't have a testimony too just because you're not a teacher or not a leader in a specific area. You also have a testimony of Central Baptist Church that goes with you. 
So it's something to keep in mind. So as we look at Revelation chapter 2, we start in verse 18. And Jesus starts, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I, if I got a letter from somebody, and he starts it out with, My eyes are like unto a flame of fire. He got my attention right off the bat, does he not? I mean, to me, I'm, I'm going to be like... This sounds this sounds intense, right? Go back to uh, chapter one in Revelation, verse twelve. You remember what uh, John said here? He said when he said he he got a peek at, at 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 the Lord in heaven. He said, "I turned to see a voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt with the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like undefined brass." They're taking that description right from the description um, John gave of him, but Christ saying, you know what, I'm starting out, we talked about last week when I mentioned uh, uh, verse 12, Christ says, unto the angel of the church of Pergamos write these things, saith he which hath the sharp sword with the two edges. Kind of the same type of attention getter. He means judgment. His eyes are like fire, it's, it's, I'm seeing what's going on, and I don't like it. And I'm going to deal with it, and I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. I mean, that would get my attention if I got a letter and somebody started it out that way. Christ sees all. He sees all compromise, no matter where it happens, in public or in private, right? Sees it all. Sometimes we think we, we're hiding <laughs> Sometimes we think we're sneaky. Sometimes we think, well, okay, I'm out of town now, so the chances of me running into somebody from Central are not very good here, so I can be a little looser in my character. Never happened. Never happened. Uh, God sees it all. I mean, if the only reason you're acting a certain way is because you're not wanting to be seen with the people at Central, well, then there's a heart problem there we need to deal with. Um, Christ sees it all, everywhere. And I, I've told you the story over the year. I was in Washington, D.C. for a trip, turned around at the Vietnam Memorial, and there was a guy I worked with at the PD. It's Bobby Pruitt. I was like, Bob! He turned around, Randy. I was like, how, how are you here? You know, so we were 1,300 miles away and just happened. So don't always think that no one's watching, right? Verse 19, I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Again, he, he sees everything. He continues again in the similar fashion of his other letters. 
stating that he knows their works and charity and service and faith and patience. Now, this church was doing some things that they weren't supposed to be doing, and we're going to get to that, but as the loving God, he points out, you know what, you're, you're doing some things right. You have a very active church, very active. For as small as it is, you're... Your works are, I'm pointing them out. That says something, right? Thyatira was very active and involved in all kinds of works. They were works of love and service, works of faith and patient endurance. They had significant growth in ministries in the church. They were doing things that a church should be doing. A church should be doing. They could be described as dynamic, vibrant, and alive. If, if you were attending the church as a, as a guest, I think this is what you would probably see, a dynamic, alive, and vibrant church, meeting all the social needs of the community, uh, having all the ministries that range from a clothes and food, food closet to reaching the lost and regular visitation. They were high energy. They had... Uh, a good crowd of people, yet the church was a far cry from what it should have been. And if you would have stayed maybe for multiple weeks, you would have begun to notice. I think you would have started noticing. Often, when you're a guest, you come in, you, we put our good face forward first time we meet somebody, don't we? I haven't cut my hair for some of you guys. But if we, week after week, you start you, we, you open up a little bit more. I, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I can't remember at what point this happened, but after Cindy and I jo joined and I started getting involved in different ministries, I remember at one point something happened and there was something that I had to deal with in you know, probably one of the FBI classes or something. I went to pastor and I'm like, such and such has happened. How, I, I'm like, I guess I'm going to have to deal with it. He started laughing at me. I'm like, what, 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 what are you laughing for? He goes, welcome to Central Baptist Church. You're family now. You know how he is. He goes, now you see, now you know, you got your first uh, baptism of leadership. Yeah, I mean, it's church, but people are here and things are going to happen. Well, it kind of threw me for a second. I was like, I don't joke about this. This is important. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. You stay long enough, you start seeing things. You start having to deal maybe with an issue here or there. But, it, you know, on the surface, if you went to Thyatira, I think you, you would see just a good, vibrant church. The church appeared to be the most alive and dynamic church in the area, but it was not, not to the Lord. To the Lord, the church was corrupt because of its compromise. Because of its compromise. So let's talk about what some of that compromise was. Verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. 
I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. What's going on here, boy? We changed gears real quick. And he, he's getting very pointed with this church. And I want you to keep in mind, these were real letters that was given to the... Uh, most likely the uh, minister at that church to go back and to read to that church. Now, when they got to this part, what do you think? Wow, it got, us, got our attention, right? Now, a few things here. Most people suggest that this woman wasn't specifically named Jezebel. Even at this time, the Jezebel referring to the Old Testament Jezebel, people wouldn't have named their kid Jezebel probably. You know? In fact, people still don't name their kid Jezebel. But he's saying a woman like Jezebel, a woman that is doing the things that Jezebel did. Uh, the church was charged here with allowing a Jezebel to teach in the church. You see, it says, uh, Because thou sufferest the woman Jezebel, which calleth her a prophetess, to teach. What does that mean? Well, the church was tolerating this false prophetess to teach within the church. Note that she gave up herself as a prophetess. She claimed that God had called and gifted her to teach and to proclaim the truth. Therefore, the church appointed her as a teacher and gave her the right to teach within the church. Can we be blunt and open? There's your, I mean, biblically, there's one of the first problems. Remember compromise? Scripture's clear um, that... Um, Teaching is limited, at least uh, that a woman's not to be put in a position to teach over the men. That's just what the Bible says, right? Mm -hmm. And not me saying it. <laughs> it's Scripture. Um, so there's our first compromise. Yes? This is one thing. This is also in the first century. The first Scripture that was written was about 55 A.D., these books were passed from area to area. They were very limited. They were very expensive to copy. So the churches may have had the book for a while and passed it on, but they were not well known. Like we, you know, everybody has them today. Yeah. All right. And so, and and I was actually thinking about that very thing. You know that. You know they're letting out or won't keep their mouth shut in church, whatever. All right. Um, but how many people would have known it back there in the in the first century when that was actually coming? The you know yeah. the canon was still being developed at that point. So we have to be. You know, so I have a couple of thoughts. I don't know if they're accurate, but a couple of thoughts. One of it would be that while that statement may have not been penned yet, it was consistent with other um, writings that, I mean, if you, if you we look at that, that's consistent with what we see even in the Old Testament. 
Correct. It is. So I think the model had been given while not specifically penned. So that's what something maybe coming to my mind. The second thing would be if you were truly a church of God, the Holy Spirit would have led you in that right direction too. So just a couple of thoughts I had. I, I don't. I'm it's just, just throwing, we're we're both throwing stuff at each other, but um, that's. I'm just going the first. This first yeah. No, I had the same thought. Still, it's still it's still still early. The canon is yep. being developed. It hasn't yep. been closed up yet. So. But their second compromising issue was when this lady did start teaching. <laughs> that should have been. If you want to give a benefit that maybe the the direction wasn't well known, as soon as she started teaching, that should have been an eye-opening moment because what she was teaching was false. She was teaching seduction, fornication, idolatry. She was teaching things. I mean, Christ is big here. He calls her Jezebel. So she was teaching some very wrong things. She was teaching that, you know what, when you're at these guilds and these and you're put in these positions, it's okay. It's okay. Um, probably in her time, probably an overabundance on grace in that regard, preaching very, uh, very grace-heavy gospel saying you know what you once saved always saved you're fine you know that type of you know that type of preaching or or just to say you know what it's okay we're all put in that position I, we understand it it's it's a very watered down version and she was she was teaching uh, this the church was tolerating this false teaching Well, that should have been second. For, yeah, another sign, right? She's, she's not referred to as a prophetess. Yeah, she was calling herself a prophetess. I'm hearing it from God, right? Who do we hear that from nowadays? Yeah. Other compromising churches. Yeah, absolutely. I told you, what, a couple of weeks ago? I actually watched, and it was very applicable even to this. I, um, Joel Osteen. Church of the Rock and Kenneth Copeland was the other one. Oh, that one was hard to get through. But I wanted to kind of have I just, you know, I wanted to see, well, what is a compromising church? What is a tolerant church? You know, what are they actually preaching? And it was very eye-opening. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend anybody spend the time watching. I was kind of I was doing it for research. But it can be dangerous to do. I mean, because once you get that stuff, you know, you get the tickling ears. And, well, that sounded kind of interesting. Maybe he's not so far off. Very easily do, uh, happen. And I think that's what she was doing. She had people coming to the church and to the class that she was telling people what they wanted to hear. Because as I go about the day and I'm put in these situations, you know, as a Christian, they... They had the Old Testament. They had, but they they knew what was right and wrong, and their conscience would get to them. Then they'd come to church, and they had her saying, "It's okay. It's okay. You're you're, you're fine." 
and now we are now we have this position where um contrary to Christ and the word of God this church was allowing this false teacher to continue now I've been at this church long enough to see um, different teachers and even a, a preacher come through once in a while that isn't invited back they're not invited back and pastors he tries to be very careful and he'll do his his study and, and due diligence to try and make sure somebody coming in is correct um even when i first started teaching here come pastor sitting in the classroom oh man and if you ever he has the most deadpan look on his face most you can't read him the whole time i try to get feedback from y'all as I'm teaching, am I on the right track? Are they paying attention? Are they interested? I'm looking at faces. Are you smiling? Are you falling asleep? Oh my goodness! You know what am I doing wrong? Or the the big eyes? Oh, I must have said something off base there or something. But don't expect to get feedback from him. It, it ain't happening. I mean, just. But he's wanting to make sure that you're teaching right doctrine. That you're doing the things. Um, those cameras are voice, I think, and video. He can sit in his office and watches. Hey, Pastor, you know, <laughs> I, you know, it just it, they're careful about who they allow to teach, and we should be, should we not? Who gets to stand behind that pulpit? He's careful about who gets to stand behind that pulpit, because they can very easily have an influence. And there's, there's churches now that like to invite people to, to teach or to preach just because they have this outgoing kind of flamboyant personality and they tell jokes and it's just funny, ha-ha. And everybody's entertained. But what'd they teach? Yeah. Did you get anything from it? Uh-huh. Yeah? Uh, it's just, it's, it's hard. And you have, as, as overseers... That's a very important thing in this church in Thyatira. They weren't doing that. They weren't doing that. And it was causing a great deal of trouble. So that is going to be part one. Next week, I am still not sure if Cindy and I are going to be here or not. We were invited down to the city uh, for our sister for a little Thanksgiving dinner. So I'm not sure if we're going to go or not. There's a lot of stuff going on at the church next week, so I don't know. We may not go. I haven't decided. So just um, ask Larry. Larry's pretty good at letting everybody know when they come in. But I appreciate the attendance. Appreciate y'all um, participating. And um, we'll, we'll uh, finish probably Thyatira either next week or the week after. So. Can you want to release us in prayer today? Yes. We'll go down to services. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we're